They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puck with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Oh, Matt, Ooh. that is so much better. How do I sound? Enough about you. How about you sound, me? You sound too noisy. Too noisy. No, that's not possible. I listened to the, the uh, podcast from last week and I sound amazing. Yeah, because you're in the car. The sound right. Yeah, because you did it from your studio car. <laughs> well, you've seen my setup. It's a very complicated setup. I spent a lot of money on that, a lot of time and effort and money when yeah. it's out. So you do that, don't you? You're all really about time and effort, aren't you? <laughs> well, ask Mary. She knows. <laughs> I think I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Matt, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Straight off the bat, I'm concerned. Yeah, you're you're fondling your microphone, aren't you? I can I can hear your little hands. <laughs> I can feel the feel the hear the little the little fingertips rubbing along the um the microphone. It's a bit weird. Yeah. At, you, we it's, normally record this at eight thirty in the morning. It's now nine o'clock. Are you cheating on me? Is it bloody Nick Fletcher again? Um. Well, it's actually Nick Fletcher's birthday today. Is it really? Happy birthday to the old man. What is he, 65, 66, something very, like that? You're actually very close. But but more importantly, <laughs> um, if you'd like to send um, – I've just, just recommended on the BFOP Groupies group that if you'd like to send him a happy birthday message on email, yes. we thought, I thought we could flood his email today. Um, yes, it's, let's uh, do that. Nick at BFOPAustralia.com. Now, the cool thing about this as well is that he has all the time in the world today. You know why? I, I do know, but you reveal the uh, the surprise. Nick uh, Nick has a new leg. I mean, a new, a, new, a new hip, sorry, a new hip. Nick is lying in hospital today um, very jollily. I spoke to him last night and the surgery all went very well. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, he's he's sitting there feeling a bit sorry for himself. Um, and and being a year older on the almost the same day as having that surgery probably doesn't feel that great. So let's send let's flood his email because he's got nothing better to do than sit there and read emails today. Happy birthday! Does he not have work to do as well, or is he taking time off work? I mean, no, he's like straight back to it. He's into the office on Monday. Mm. It's like they even had him walking wow. yesterday, like hours after the surgery. It was pretty crazy. No way, that's yeah. amazing. It is. That, it well, is. We, we do as much as we hate him. We do wish him all the best. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I think we should, we should. I'm not saying send him nasty things or send him malware or something. I think just send him a birthday <laughs> message would be nice, you know? <laughs> well, of course, of course. And what a way to spend your birthday, lying up in, you know, lying up in bed, you know, I'll float on your back. Well, I think also. Recovering from major surgery. Well, I would have actually, re, you know, you know the same way when you buy a house, they don't say it's small, they say it's cozy. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, yes. yes, you could look at the negatives and say that he's all hunked up, hunkered up and lying on flat on his back. I would say that, you know what? He gets breakfast in bed this morning. From somebody who he doesn't know and has never set eyes on before. So oh, Some some people pay a lot of money for that, Tom. So. <laughs> I was going to say, you could take that either way, couldn't you? And must I say, I love the photograph that you've put on Facebook just to remind everybody that it is his birthday. For those who perhaps haven't seen it, um, there's there's a look, think of the Chippendales, think Jamie Jury. And Nick is right front and centre. Look, look, I never knew he looked so buff. I've actually got a lot of respect for him if that's his body because um, this was for, a guy, for a guy his age, he's looking amazing. I mean, he must wax every every minute of the day, to be honest. But uh, the tap down the side and the 
the lats and the biceps and the triceps and everything else. He's worked everything out there, and um, yeah, he's he's looking great for somebody of his age and um, and for somebody who's just gone through major surgery. So, well done to you, Nick. Whole new level of respect there. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Or maybe Mary and I'll have to jump on the blower later and give him one of our traditional happy birthday oh, calls. Can you, can you record that? I think that should go in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I love show notes. It's really not worth recording. We haven't done show notes for a little bit, so we must make sure we put uh, some show notes together today. And look, I've got some other exciting news. I had an unexpected call during the week, Matthew. <gasps> Do you know so who that might you, have could, been? Could you, did you hear my shock and awe? I went, <gasps> but like, probably not loud enough. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it loud and clear. It was fantastic. Thank you. It was just the reaction I wanted. Good. I had a call from... Look, none other, and, and I think this is quite apt, given that this is probably, I don't know, I haven't broached this with you, but this is probably one of our last podcasts for the year, isn't it? I mean, are we pulling stumps today or next week? Well, I de- you were talking about your dedication to the cause just before, so I, <laughs> I would have thought maybe next week, but that's okay. We could do Christmas okay, okay. special. Okay, we'll do Christmas Actually, special. you know what we're going to do? I'm going I'm to throw the topic out there this week as well for next week. Right, so not only is it a Christmas special, we are going to do our top five tips each to get better Christmas photos with the family. All right, okay. You can you, you can have my five, and you can put ten together, and I'll just oh, sit back and on. listen. Yeah, there's, there's the de- there's the dedication coming right through. Anyway, you got a phone call from someone. What happened? Well, look, it was an overseas number. And so oh. I don't normally answer those because oh. they can tend to be, you know, Nigerian or I was going to say, else. you didn't get an inheritance from someone in a different country, <laughs> did you? I did. And all they needed was my bank account and credit card details. And I, oh. I just, I thought, look, I'm a little short on cash. It's been a bit of a rough year with COVID and all. And I thought, well, you know, like. Why not? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Matthew. That's what I've always uh, been told. And so, look, she introduced herself, giving away a few clues here. Um, and and she's and then she said, "I understand you're a huge fan of mine. I've read all of her books, of course." Oh, this is not one of the Beverly Hills Housewives, is it? <laughs> and then she said, "Tom, it's Marie. I'd love to meet up with you when I come to Australia next." And I oh. said, "Marie, that would be amazing." So, can you believe it? Marie Kondo called me personally during the week just to just That's to connect again because we are great friends and she said that she'd love to catch up when she's back here in Melbourne again. So isn't that amazing? I you just know, couldn't believe it. You know what's the, the most exciting thing about that though? <laughs> Probably the most exciting thing is that she doesn't actually, um, well, at least, you know, uh, maybe that was her COVID project was to learn English because she only speaks Japanese in the show and her book was actually translated. So that's incredible you that see. she managed to hold a full conversation with you earlier this week. Um, see, it, it was quite broken English, but Matt, this, yeah, this oh. goes to show you, you, you haven't done your research lately, that she has learned English. There you go. Um, in fact, uh, no, I'm just reading her Wikipedia page that says her books have been translated into many different yeah. languages, including <laughs> English. Yeah. Here I was thinking, hold on, she can speak all these different languages. This is this girl's amazing. But uh, <laughs> no, you know, I should really do my homework before I come on these podcasts. What do you reckon? It wouldn't be a bad idea. No wonder you want to wrap up. You're like, I can't be bothered doing next week. I don't want to do homework. No. I'm a very important person, Matthew. You don't know how many balls I'm trying to juggle at the moment. I I reckon probably two, given it's 8.30 in the morning. But um, I, I... 
But no, I did see that you're out and about. You're at the market this week. Um, that's a that I didn't know that you did market runs. No, no. What are you saying, Matt? What are you saying? I think it's exciting. I actually really oh, like okay. it. Yeah, okay, being out, thank you. I thought you were being out condescending. Oh no, not at all. I really that's like markets. Rude. I love markets. Actually, we, we, me and Laura, we go hunting for markets when we go out um, into the country and stuff. And I really yeah. do. Yeah, it's be nice bit of breath, fresh air. It's you know out of the gallery. It's yeah. somewhere else. You know. Um, yeah. 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 How'd it go? I don't, well, well, it got sprung on me, of course. Mary, uh, my let's say my tyres are a bit flat this time of year. The, uh, the 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 fuel is not the fuel tank is not full, and and I uh, I took Saturday off to see a friend's opening gallery. G'day, Charles, down at Sorrento, and I thought Sunday I'm going to have that as a day of rest, recharge the batteries. I get home from uh, my outing on Saturday, and Mary goes. I've booked you in for the market tomorrow, babe. You've got to be there by 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. Well, you talk about hustling, babe. You know, this is hustling. This is where you're going to get your books sold. Oh. So, uh, well, fortunately, we live literally a stone's throw away from the Mornington race course. So uh, that's where the markets are on, quite cool. famous markets, so to speak. And, uh, and I tell you what, the beauty of it all was not only how well I was supported by all the people who came along. Um, thank you very much for all those who purchased a copy of my latest book. But also, um, it is it was the easiest. I have done markets before. Several years ago, before we had the gallery, we used to do some markets where we'd sell the acrylic blocks and try and sell some artwork, etc. Not very successfully, mind you. But um, I, it was the easiest setup I've ever done. It was literally pull the van up to the spot, open the back doors, pull out a trestle table, throw it over a tablecloth, a white tablecloth over the trestle table and plonk a few piles of books on the trestle table. That was it. Cool. Did I I read this correctly, that you're signing and numbering every single book? Every single one. I'm up to 230. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. (laughs) Out of 2,000. So, yes, 230. So, um. My attempt is to individually sign and number each one. It is a limited edition, of course. Mind you, every single book is generally a limited edition, is it not? Well, um, yeah. They only print a certain number. But no, we've only got 2,000 of these available, which sounds like a lot, but they're flying out the door. And so if you'd like a copy, jump on my website, tompat.com. Um, and it's been really well received. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a gamble, I guess you'd say, in a sense that our previous book that sold out in, a, in less than 12 months um, was more your traditional landscapes of the Mornington Peninsula, whereas this one, I went on a completely different tact and went for all of the shots of people enjoying the peninsula here during the summer, which every single photo has somebody in it, paddle boarding, kayaking, swimming, boating, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's a departure of from my normal, I guess, what I'm known for, so to speak, which is more my traditional landscapes, if I'm known for anything, mind you. I've just got in before you. Well, and, I mean, uh, Mar- Mari knew you, so that's important. This is it. To this is it. I, I can't believe that. That's just it's made my week. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it's great to know that everyone's loving it. So that's good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. That's my news. Yeah, that's thank it. you, man. Yeah, yeah. so we've... Uh, of course, now she, she being Mary, has booked me in for every single market here on the peninsula and beyond um, between now and April. So, so is it safe to say that the gallery shut then? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just going to go to a mobile gallery now and Love uh, we're just going to do markets and that's it. But no, you know, like on a serious note, selling at markets is a whole lot of fun. It's a great way to connect with people yeah. as well as um, the other stallholders because you share a similar interest. Obviously, most of them are small business owners. They've made their own 
um, you know, product. Um, and and um, what I was going to say is that I can't remember. That is unbelievable. Wow, it that was just you literally gone. Very quickly lost that, didn't you? Because that you were actually halfway through the sentence. Let me take a sip of coffee. <laughs> it is a perfect product for the market, the book, because I find that something around the price point of anywhere between you know zero dollars, one dollar, let's say, call it one dollar, up to about a hundred dollars, I think, is the sweet spot. Maybe two hundred, depending on what you're selling, but. Um, Artwork, let's talk about it relevantly for photographers. You know, landscape photography, artwork, something that's framed that might be $500 is probably not the market for for a market. It's not the product for a market. Um, but, you know, small matted prints, um, little acrylic blocks, you can get them in, you know, 10 by 10 centimeter blocks, things like that. Just stuff that's around that, you know, $25, $50, to two hundred dollar price point, I think is a good price point for a market if anyone's considering it. What, what's but your take? Share, share your experiences on our Facebook group of any perhaps uh, experiences you've had at markets and how you've gone. Please, I'm I'm curious as well because a lot of people at the moment are producing calendars and stuff like that. Not something I've done myself, um, but. Yes. Is that is that? Do you think that's if you're a photographer out there, sort of an enthusiast, yep. thinking of doing something? Yep. Oh, I think we've touched on this before, but just because we are talking markets, a well, calendar's well, a good no, idea I'll or not a great idea. Touch me again, so if let's touch on it again. Okay, um, I think I think they are. I think if you've got a calendar and you've got some copies to sell, I think a market would be a great idea. You're selling it for twenty, twenty five dollars, thirty bucks maybe. You're going to pay eighty dollars for the stand. I didn't even buy a, um, a marquee. I didn't even hire a marquee. I went to Bunnings on late. Quarter, I tell you what, the best time to go to Bunnings, everybody, quarter to nine on a Saturday night. I mean, what what else could you think of doing wow. other than going? I mean, that's a that's a raging hot Saturday night, isn't it? I mean, catch up with friends, have a barbecue, go to the are they, pub. No, are, are they still selling the sausages there? Are they still selling sausages <laughs> at the time? Because that would be a barbecue. not. You can just imagine not, you no. going like, oh, yeah, I've got this really busy Saturday. You're going to a barbecue Saturday night. <laughs> it's actually just Bunnings. <laughs> oh, where's that at? Oh, it's at Bunnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like Bunnings. I, I do a Bunnings call. I go, to, I go to all the ones within about, you know, 10 kilometer radius of my house. So I get oh, about God. six done in the evening. But uh, no, I got this fantastic little sort of Japanese-inspired market umbrella that uh, was about two and a half meters in diameter and, uh, and red. So I stood out from all the other uh, marquees in the crowd there, so to speak. And, and that doesn't affect the stuff. presentation of the photographs um, with a bit of a, a colour cast? You'd or think a... so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good point. But, but uh, no, I think it just helps sell it even more. Yeah, right. There you go. It improves. <laughs> it's almost like when you go to the butcher and they've got little red lights and it makes the meat look redder. It's the same sort that's of thing. That's it, but... mate. You're right on it. Yeah. I should have got blue because most of the photographs in the book are blue. That's true, but blue can be a bit of a, um, you know, it can be a very calming colour, but in the wrong environment, it can also be a bit of a downer. So, you know, you don't want to douse people in blue light when they're out in a beautiful sunny day. So I think your red's a good idea. I like Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. No worries. That's my input for this morning. Well, okay, good. And that's it for – thanks, everybody, for joining us uh, on the Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. Um, We we didn't even get to a topic today, which is amazing. (laughs) Maybe, maybe we should pull the pin. Maybe like not even 15, just for next week. That's just it. Three like, minutes in episode twenty. That was it. It's like Game of Thrones finished. Are you are you seeing uh, are you seeing your uh, your your wave on your end there, Matt, going up and down? Because there's nothing happening at my end. Yeah, there definitely is. Yeah, can you hear me? Right. I can hear you perfect. You yeah, just, I can see my little wave. I can see both our waves. It's, it's like we're waving to each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we love. 
What have you um, been up to this week, this week before Christmas? You know, I, I hate to say I've been up to relatively mundane things this week, um, but I have been booked back to back. Um, so since lockdowns has opened up, I have uh, I actually, I, so I, I sort of lie. I've been booked Monday to Fridays, booked back to back. I did go away on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we were headed up to Harcourt area and uh, did a bit, just went out to the bush and took the new caravan out there and um, hung out in the, in the bush for, the, for a couple of days, which was good. But um, nice. absolutely smashed last week and all the way through to uh, to New Year's Eve, oh, it was Christmas Eve, sorry. Um, just, just yeah, absolutely chaotic, which is a really good problem to have in, in our industry. But um, it, it's also quite That's exhausting. Great. So if I haven't responded to anyone's email, I'm sorry. I will get to it, I promise. How many emails yeah. do you reckon you have to respond to every day? I have to or do that I do? <laughs> it's two very different questions. How many um, emails should you be responding to every day if you're uh, right on top of things? If I was right on top of it at the moment, I reckon probably between 20 and 30. Oh, yeah, that's not many at all. Well, it is when you've got to write stuff. You can't just like hit archive. Oh, not, just, yeah. not just, yeah, I agree or no, good idea. Or, exactly. Um, yep, thanks for that. Yeah, that's it. So, no, they're okay. all relevant. They're, 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 um, don't not email me, um, but I just some of them I do prioritise and go, oh, that doesn't need to get back to until tomorrow or the next day. But, of course. You know, of course. that's it. That's kind of because you changed that habit this year, didn't you? You started doing like I, did. I only email, I, did. I check Which emails on the first of the month or something, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a great segue, Matthew, into our topic for this week, which of oh. course, what have we learned from this year being 2020? Now, we all know that it's been a little bit of an indifferent year, but I think that there's there's definitely been some positives, hasn't there? So the main takeaway. Don't eat what a bat. <laughs> don't, don't eat anything you wouldn't feed your child. Um, so, so yeah, look, that has – I've forgotten about that, so thanks for doing that. I'll write that on my exhaustive list here that I've put together as, as part of my um, – I thought you as, meant like as, as I for, I've been forgetting to not write back to people and I'm like, I, I thought that was a thing. So, no, you have, so you've been, you have been actually I, I doing was, this though, haven't you? Like this is I, a- I 100%, 100%. Um, a few months ago, maybe six months ago, I put an autoresponder on my email to basically say, hey, thanks for your email. Um, I don't check these very often. I may take um, a few, a, a while to respond, so to speak, something along those lines. Send me an email and you'll get the autoresponder, I hope, tom at tompup.com. And it basically says, if you'd like to get in contact with me before I respond, um, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger or, um, you know, that the social platforms, the socials, because I'm all across those, Matt. Yeah. Um, you can send me a text if you have my number, that sort of thing. So I'm not a big emailer. I, I tend to sort of check it in the morning and check it in the afternoon. And if it re- requires me to write any more than one line, I will uh, respond generally um, on the phone call. I just ring people up because I just can't, I just can't type big, long, emails it just seems to me to be a bit of a waste of time i'd much prefer to jump on the phone and say a lot more in a lot less time so you've so that's one of your things you see you've changed is you just you just like stuff it. i'm not going to respond to emails but emails i'm going to one-up them and call them back like a like a this good tele, like a good telemarketer at 7 15 p.m just as people no, are eating dinner no no i don't do that no 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 <laughs> i'm very conscious of that i do love because I, I drive a bit in the car to go and see my kids and do other things deliver artwork to many of the wonderful clients here on the mornington peninsula and beyond um i do like to um, batch my calls as well Ooh. so uh, i may not 
like pick up a call during the day. <laughs> so you just get everyone on a call and introduce yourselves to one another and we'll talk, talk gibberish for an hour. That's it. You can crowd crowdsource the answer to your questions and anything left over at the end, I'll answer. The value that I am as, as that's the kind of guy I am, Matt. You know? I'd say that that builds um, community, you know? It does, absolutely. That's one of the many things I've done this year to help people out. But um, no, I, I do batch my calls back. So I, I call them in the car and, you know, I might have three or four people who call and that way I can effectively use that 45 minutes or so in the car. Um, or I just listen to music and podcasts and sing away to my oh, heart's God. content. All right. Well, this is this is not a what does Tom do in his spare time episode. This is a <laughs> what have you learned this, uh, this year. Well, what, oh. Come on, give me one. What have you learned this year from, you know, the COVID well, I was going to do a more photography-related one, given the podcast. Oh, okay, title. of course, of course. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, do we have to make it about photography? Do we? I thought it was all about me. So I've actually got th- I've written three down, but I'm sure I'll come up with more. Um, oh, but but good. my first one is um, is a, a a lesson that I feel that I've learned. I'm not 100 percent sure that I'm going to keep this lesson. Um, do we need somebody else to come in and verify this? Does Laura need to jump on the, on the no, podcast? No, it's, it's not that. It's just I'm still maybe a bit unsure about it. So I actually really like oh. it as a philosophy. I like it as an idea, whether or not it's something that's going to stick or whether this is kind of like a, you know, a lockdown special, you know, like a New oh, Year's resolution, whether, like you know, fat. is this going to yeah, stick yeah, or yeah, is this going to be like... now? Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I can't be asked later on. No, is that gym membership just going to sit there but make me feel good for like <laughs> hey, a month? Um, I went to the gym this morning before um, I came on this podcast. Today, that's, so. that's why I commented on the calf muscles in that photo. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the thing that I learned. I have to, to, to comment on my calf muscles. Not that there's anything wrong with with that orientation at all. Not, not don't get on your high horse about, you know, I've got something against gay people, not at all, but. Matt, that was very metrosexual of you to comment on my calves. But thank you for noticing because I, I have actually been told by other people that I have good calves. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's uh, go just, just add mine to the list of people. Um, thank you. Yeah, so the lesson. Does that mean that rather than sending I you... I feel like we're just never going to get the, to these, are we? So this is just going to be... From the bathroom should be more oh, my calves rather than anything else. Is that oh, what you're saying? You, shoot me one when you're riding a bike. You know, that'd be perfect. Um <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What's the first one? Come on, Matt. Come on, let's get serious now for once. This is going to be controversial, I reckon. Ooh. Image quality is nowhere near as important as the story. Oh, 100% agree. Oh, that's 100% good then. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, give me an example. Give me an example. Where's this come from? Why are okay. you saying this? Well, so I think this year I've really, um, obviously we're not, most of us not been out photographing. We don't need to even really state that. Um, yeah. But I have done a lot of looking back on photographs. I've also have been out and about, but because we, you know, it's been relatively limited where you can go and what you can do um, for, for a lot of the time. Um, I haven't wanted to lug my camera around on the off chance I saw something that I wanted to photograph. So I did take it out a few times, don't get me wrong, but there was a time <laughs> when you weren't even meant to take your camera out. So... Um, <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? Um, drawn and quartered. Exactly. Yes, God forbid that you would be out supposedly exercising, but instead taking your camera with you. That's right. Um, yeah, you'd hate to. Yeah, anyway. Um, so I think looking back at that, I actually bought a new phone this year that's got um, the new Pro with a little nice camera on it. Um, I have uh, I've looked at a lot of people's drone shots, which are definitely quality-wise nothing like a really good DSLR. 
Um, I've looked at a lot of photographers who have moved to smaller systems, things like um, Olympus's mirrorless system, Panasonic mirrorless system, which are micro four thirds, definitely um, from an image quality perspective, I'm not slagging them, but they are definitely things like dynamic range and stuff. They don't quite stack up. But when I look at the photos at the end of the day, I flick through Facebook or I flick through a lot of my older photos where um, photos are probably dismissed at the time um, because maybe the focus wasn't absolutely bang on. But when I look at it, I go, hold on a second. I'm actually that, that because I haven't been in that experience for a while now, I've sort of got a separation from it. It actually is quite an exciting photo. It's got a lot of story behind it or it's got story in it or or whatnot. And I think I've sort of started to realize that um, it's easy when you're a photography um, enthusiast or professional or whatever, um, that you're learning photography or um, being in that photography community. We get very focused um, on, on perfecting detail, which is good in a way because you want to be improving. Um, but I think it can become a bit obsessive and to maybe to the detriment of what you actually published. So I look at my yep. photos now and I go, there's actually a lot of shots that I took way back um, that probably don't have the quality aspect to them, but um, you know, they might have a blown out sky or something, but that actually doesn't matter because it, it doesn't actually affect the end product. Like the photograph is not of that sky. And in fact, mm. if the sky was in the shot, it might've even become more complicated than it needed to be. So mm. I don't know. I just think that I've been probably laxed up a little bit in terms of what I consider to be, you know, that's a deal breaker. I think now I go, no, hold on. Is this story exciting for somebody else? Or, yep. you know, like a perfect image quality of a relatively boring scene is is rubbish and that's always been the case but i've probably been become a little bit more on the side of actually I'd, I'd let a lot more go these days whether it's grain from iso whether it's a little bit of a missed focus on something um you know not like completely out of focus but like a missed focus might be focusing on the tip of a nose rather than an eye if the person's not huge in the frame zoom in 100 you see the problem look at it on socials and you can't see that issue at all so i'm kind yeah. of a little bit more yeah a bit a bit i've, I've come around to the idea that it, um, people don't look at photographs because you want you need technical pixel perfect perfection. Um, people look at photographs because they they want to escape, they want to be entertained, they want to learn something, they want a story or whatever it is, and and it's so easy to lose sight of that. And this year, I think, has really brought that to front of mind for me. Right. So, can I summarize? Is it is it for you more about the emotion rather than? the technical aspect of the image. Yeah, the emotion or, to be honest, sometimes it's just about whether or not you would display it or not. Like I've been on shoots, not shoots, sorry, I've been on holidays before where I've taken shots that I probably would never have published because I went, oh, I got home and, you know, I was in a rush. I wasn't really, my head wasn't in it from a photography perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of go, hold on a second, this is this is actually really cool. Like yeah. the shot's not perfect, but you know what? People would probably look at this and, you know, there's a bit of a narrative or, you know, that would be entertaining for a minute. Like you don't. It doesn't need to be technically perfect. So I think it's more about just not being quite so hard on, not just hard on yourself, but I, I think taking off some of the critical technical stuff and looking more at, um, yeah, why did you take the shot in the first place? And yes, yeah, so emo- emotive is probably the correct word, but I think it sounds a bit wanky as well because sometimes it's not emotive or it's not, you know, a personal connection. It's just like, that's a super cool spot. How cool is that? You know, um, yeah. What's your number two? That's excellent. Well, well, my number two is along those same lines. I'm, it's, it's just uncanny that we're on the same page here today, Matt. But, um, you know, it's all around, I guess, what I've learned in 2020 is all about it's, it's quality over quantity. And Ooh. it's not necessarily about getting out all the time to take photographs. Because, to be honest, I actually enjoyed having a bit of a break from photography. And that's... Um, you know, probably a few of the listeners out there, if we've got any listeners, that is, 
might be thinking, oh, it's all right for you to say because you're a professional and you're shooting all the time. Yeah, to some extent, you know, I do shoot a hell of a lot. I, I think, um, you know, over the years I've, I've been one of Australia's most prolific photographers because I've had those opportunities through the workshops that I run. But it's been nice to have a bit of a break and I was just actually going through the images that I have taken this year, which is few and far between. I, we went to Russia um, at the start of the year for our... Uh, Lake Baikal workshop and then I did some shooting here at home in between the first and the second wave to which I was really happy with some of the shots but I really made a conscious effort what I learned from being in lockdown was that <laughs> it gave us as you said the opportunity to look through a lot of our photographs of course and, and reminisce and and perhaps catch up on some editing that we needed to do but it made <laughs> me realize how much photography how much of my work I felt I could have done better. You know, like I was looking at stuff and going, oh, geez, there's a lot of rubbish in here. And, you know, perhaps you tend to focus, I tend to focus more on, uh, you know, the rubbish than the actual good stuff because really how many, how many good photos do we need? Well, of course, as many as possible. But if we shoot 100 and get, we get one good one, that's, that's, that's a pretty good strike rate. But um, I like the idea. I made a conscious decision once we came out of lockdown and we're going to be out shooting again to not just throw the camera, not just shoot at anything haphazardly and just hope it comes out all right. Mm. I wanted to trust all my intuition to know that when I point the camera at something, I, I'm confident that it's going to come out and I'm going to love it because I just didn't want to fill my Lightroom catalogue with more rubbish. No, I don't I need to go out and practice heaps anymore. I just want to, I want to do photograph less, but then the stuff I photograph I'm really excited about. But, you know, I think that's, I mean, in a way, I think that actually perfectly ties into what I was saying as well because I, I reckon I, I probably might be to the same degree as you, but I do think that I've become fussier. Um, however, this kind of comes down to that whole image quality thing as well because if I'm going out and taking pictures, I don't want to carry my DSLR all the time. Um, but traditionally, I would, if I took phone photos, I'd consider them to be very disposable. Like the quality of them is definitely not up there. Um, yeah. And there's something mentally for me about going, oh, hold on, it's a phone picture. You know, it's okay. It's probably fine for socials quickly, but like it's not worth keeping. Whereas I look at it now and go, oh, look, yes, they're a bit better image quality than what they were a couple of years ago, but they're still really valid. Like I think when I pick my DSLR up, that is because I'm being serious about what I'm shooting. Yep. But I'm also happy to go, you know what, from a quality perspective, um, it needs to suit the purpose. And if the purpose is for me to have a memory, then I'm very happy now to pull my phone out and use my phone. Even like on the weekend, we went you know, camping for a couple of days. I didn't take my big camera. I took my phone and took some shots yep. up there. And you know what? It did a really lovely job. They're not things I'm going to go and you know edit up or anything like that, but they did a really, really good job for what the purpose was. And I think yep. if you combine what you're saying around being deliberate about your photography and also this idea that you can let go of the quality of things, not everything has to be amazing because its purpose is not always to be a huge print or something. I think you can find a really cool balance between going, when's it worth picking my big camera up and when's it worth just using my phone and knowing the mm. difference between those two situations, um, I think it's quite freeing. Yeah, there's something liberating about that, isn't there? Mm, liberating is a better a word than freeing. Choice. Conscious <laughs> Making a conscious choice. I mean, the other thing that I've learned about this year is the fact that I don't want to shoot for the sake of shooting. I want to go out there and shoot uh, because I love it. Mm. And and I think um, sometimes, whether you're an amateur or a professional, you might feel obliged to get out and take photos because it's a nice day 
or the conditions are right as opposed to, yeah, I really want to get out and create today. I really want to create something special because it is beautiful to get out and shoot. It's like wake um, up in that I, mindset. I, the mindset is huge for me now. Um, mm. I'm shooting far less than I, than I used to and that's on by design because I want to concentrate more on the business and I want to concentrate more on selling my art rather than taking the photographs. Just to say that I won't be shooting, of course, but I want to shoot, but I want to make sure that it's I'm shooting with um, that right mindset of, yeah, this is unreal. Wow, look at the, the images I'm creating as opposed to feeling obliged to get out and take photographs because I'm a photographer. And I know I've spoken to other, um, you know, friends and workshop participants, et cetera, who have felt the same way. They're kind of like, I, I've said to them, you know, when they, they talk about being in a rut, for example, and I, I say, well, don't, don't necessarily force it. If you want, perhaps sometimes it's good to go out and take a few shots and if you're still not feeling the love, well, just, just let it be mm. and wait for it to come back to you as opposed to feeling obliged to get out there and take photographs and create the whole time. Yeah, I because, agree. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What else, Matthew, have you got on your list there? Yeah, so this is that actually... learned from 2020. Yeah, so this is going to maybe seem, um, potentially seem a bit counterintuitive given what we just said. Um, but one of the other ones is this idea that um, it doesn't matter where you are on the planet or what you're seeing, to somebody that's normal and to somebody else that's incredible. And I think really yeah, right. understanding that... Um, that normal doesn't exist uh, universally. There's no such thing as normal f- that, that we all share. Normal, you know, for me is very different to normal to you. Like you live on the peninsula and so you'd wake up in the morning. If you saw a really cool sunrise, you'd be like, oh, that's really cool. And you might yeah. say, look, I've already got a sunrise. I know you're, you know, for you, sunrises are not necessarily your jam anymore. But so you'd wake up and go, oh, yeah, cool. Beautiful sunrise. Might take a couple of quick snaps maybe. Uh, but for mm. someone else, um, you know, I look at, uh, when tourists come in um, down to like Cape Shank and things like that, and this is the feeling of um, space and open air and that beauty and everything like that. Um, you know, to us, that's we go, oh yeah, it's it's kind of somewhat normal for yeah. them. Like, geez, that space, like God, uh, you know, I spent a bit of time in Hong Kong, you know, a few years back, and you go, the idea of having space, like a beach with space, there is it's a beautiful beach area, but you know, mm. it's not really open air and spacious. It's sort of um, so I, I think that having a bit of an appreciation changes how you photograph things as well. Cause I think you can get into that rut, as you say, of going, well, I'm in the same spot again. Um, because maybe it's local, maybe it's just easy for you. Maybe your family holidays in the same spot consistently, but, um, or maybe you live in somewhere, somewhere that just cause you live with it every day, you get that feeling that, oh, well, this is just, it's just home. It's just around my house. Yeah. But to someone else, yeah. they'd be like, oh my God, I wish I could stay here. I wish I could rent that place. I wish I could, mm. you know. So I think um, when you're photographing, you know, maybe not so much photographing just for yourself, but photographing, um, you know, I don't want to say photographing for others, but I guess, you know, photographing to display it on socials or something, really just stepping back and sort of thinking to yourself, hold on, am I just used to this or, you know, is this, is this actually as boring or as repetitious as I think it is, or is this actually amazing? And I, and I see that from mm. underwater photography all the time. You know, I haven't been diving um, in Victoria for uh, well over 12 months now, just uh, because of commitments. Um, and uh, there was a time when I started getting like, oh, you know, but I've seen weedy sea dragons a billion times. I love photographing them, but I've got some really cool shots of them. And but to me, they're, they're, they're very normalized. You know, we see them all yeah. the time when you're diving. It's very easy. I know where to find them, know where to go. Um, or some landscapes, the same sort of thing. But 
you show somebody who's not seen a sea dragon before or not seen that landscape and to them they're like that is incredible so it's sort of um trying to learn not to be so complacent about the experiences you have because especially as a photographer you tend to find yourself in more interesting and exciting places than the average human um and and i think sometimes the the gloss wears off that a little bit and you kind of take it for granted but this year's definitely i mean taught i think everyone not to take anything for granted but i think it's also um yeah, it makes you sort of look at look at it and go, hold on, actually, you know, what's two streets across when you, you can only go 5Ks? You know, something that's two streets across that you, you've never seen that street before or never seen that park or never, you know, realise what's around you and, and be a little bit grateful, I think, for the things that are around you and um, mm. what, how you can photograph them. Yeah, I think it can keep yeah. you really engaged if you just step back for a second. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I think it's a common failing that we tend to sort of uh, become desensitised to the the good things around us, you know, it could be landscape, could be the, the friends or the family that we have, etc. And sometimes a little bit of absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, I've got a group of friends that I catch up with here on the Mornington Peninsula, or occasionally on a Saturday mornings, you know, we just go out as, as friends and shoot, nothing serious. But, um, you know, we've really enjoyed getting out the last few weeks and, and socialising, you know, with each other again, um, because we've missed that. And, what one thing this year has taught me is how much uh, we do need that interaction with others in order to exist as a society, you know, like how much have we craved um, being able to just perhaps go to a cafe and sit and have a coffee with someone and yeah. chat like we do now as opposed to being locked um, locked up in our houses and not being able to get out and about and speak to everybody and see everybody. It's um, one of the things that you... You, you I, I needs to be mentioned in this in this podcast today is how well you and Nick put together the Bright Festival of Photography again for 2020, which is very different to what you'd done obviously previous to that. But um, how well it translated to an online scenario, scenario yeah. where you, with that sense of community, came together on an online setting rather than uh, actually meeting face-to-face. So that was a big learning lesson for, for me um, in a sense that, you know, I sound like I'm contradicting myself, but in a sense that, uh, you know, you were able to, to bring that vibe um, through through the, the various Zoom sessions that we had, you know, that was awesome. I, yeah, and I think though that, that and that you're right. I think that was a bit of a surprise for everyone how well that turned out, um, us included. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, nice no, but but it, it, but it, but I think again though that really um, uh, not having that and not being able to go up to Bright, um, it I think it made all of us realise, um, you know, that the photography community, and this is maybe going to another top point, is but the actual photography community, if you get the right people around you. Um, that it will keep you more motivated than new equipment and new locations. Mm. If, you, if you can get yourself a little community that, you know, it might even just be a couple of friends. It might be something like your Tom's Tribe. I've got my Matt's Mob. Um, but just a community where it's sort of something where you can share your experiences. Um, you know, it's, it's, it creates that sort of social atmosphere. And I think that what was cool about the BFOP um, thing this year really was that it made everyone realize, yes, of course, we would have loved to be in Bright because it's awesome up there and it's great photo, you know, great places to take photos and stuff. But it was still successful without the Bright component. And I think that to me, that means that the festival is about that community. It's not necessarily yeah, about the location. So right. And it's like, so I, right. I think you could probably take that and translate it, even if you didn't get to the festival this year or, or can't get to the festival ever, that's fine. But I think it really, um, take our word for it, um, 
good good people with common interests around you um, will keep you much more motivated and get you much more creative than um, than yeah than kind of trying to do it solo. I think even for the people who are introverts yeah. who sort of said, "Oh, I don't like big groups. I don't like pe-, you know not don't like people, but don't like you know socializing as much and things." We had a lot of people come along who were like that. They got um, I'll say pushed into it by friends. And yeah, yes, the response at yes. the end of it was, I'm so glad I did that. I didn't Amazing. didn't really want to share my creativity. They're very secretive about things. Um, you know, they don't you don't might not like to share stuff because you feel like you're being, you know, maybe judged or critiqued and things mm. all the time. But mm. but in actual fact, I don't I we didn't get a single bit of feedback from even even that that more conservative crowd. Um, about that. Everyone just said no, it was amazing. You got these people around you, everyone's sharing this common experience. And I yeah, I think that's yep. that that is something that is genuinely universal, you know. hundred percent. I think the take-home lesson from that is that if you are struggling now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, I'm really struggling with my photography, I can't get motivated, or I'm stuck in a rut and I really want to learn more or take my photography to the next level. I hate that saying. Um, but but <laughs> That's more probably about less being focused on the gear and what that, that I, if I buy a new camera, that'll make all the difference. And as you've said, it's more about the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your gear because will be exciting can take for it. two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but the gear doesn't take the photograph, as we well know. Sure, it can help to keep you, to get you motivated again, perhaps if you're stuck in a rut. But at the end of the day, it's not going to take any better pictures than the picture, the camera you were using before, let's be honest. I mean, most of the people listening today, most photographers would have a reasonable enough camera to take a good photograph. Of course, yeah. we always want to have the next best thing. Of course we do. There's always going to be that kang- t- carrot dangling in front of us. But at the end of the day, you know, um, if you want to get better as a photographer or in anything in life, surround yourself with people who are good at what they do, who are better than you in that regard. And, uh, and, and not, it doesn't have to be competitive. It's more just you um, rise to their level because your motivation is there in order to be a better person or a better photographer, for example. So if you're in that situation, join a local camera club um, or seek some people out uh, you know, through our Facebook group or through Facebook in general. There's plenty of groups out there. Um, and and find people who live near you that you can go shooting with, you know, on a regular basis that you'll learn from and you'll both learn from each other. It'll be mutually beneficial and uh, you can hopefully get to where you want to be, so to speak. What and were you going to say? No, I was going to say, I think it works, um, you know, th- that definitely works that way. You can find, some, find people who are, who are better than you because will, you will rise to their level. But I also mm. think that um, if you are quite confident with your photography, you'd be surprised how much you can learn from having someone not as experienced as you with you because they're going to ask questions. They're going to yeah. um, observe what you do and it's probably going to make you think even harder about how you do it yourself. Yeah, you know, I find that um, if you're, I don't know, let's just say, you know, I often go out shooting with just, if I'm going out for a photography day, I'll often just post in my group saying, does anyone want to join along if it's a, like a random Tuesday? And, mm. and I find that I actually, you know, they'll ask you, not, not, not in, a, in a way that you feel like you're being pestered or bugged, but they'll ask a question. I'll be like, Oh yeah, okay. How could I actually? How could I explain that better? And like, it, it does sort of make you think about. It. If you don't know the answer to the question they've asked, it makes you go, "Why don't I know the answer?" And now I've got to go and research it. And suddenly, That's you it. now know something more as well. So, um, I, do, I think it works for, yeah. for all, all levels as well. Definitely. One thing I also learned this year, Matt, is to make sure I keep my "Who gives a crap" 
subscription up to date just so I make sure that in a household yeah. of four girls, we don't run out of toilet paper. That's um, that's an important lesson that Adelaide didn't learn a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> didn't they? Did they have a rush on toilet papers? Did they? Yeah, when they had that a lockdown oh, announcement, it went, it went bonkers and it went the same thing. Oh, they, they were locked oh, down really? for three days and they were yeah. going to run out of toilet paper. What were they doing it? Eating it? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I, I'm not sure the nutrition content um, before or after. <laughs> toilet use, paper. But, uh, <laughs> if you're desperate and there's no food in the house, perhaps don't reach for the next toilet roll. No, um, no. Not unless you're going to put some ice cream or, you know, something oh. yummy in the middle. But, um, yeah. Or, or, or you can still just not do it. Um, would be good. <laughs> There's been some strange times this year, haven't there? I, I'm doing a year in review on my Facebook that I just kicked off oh, this morning. God. My, my private Facebook. Because I just went through the photos that I've posted on Facebook this year. And, you know, some of the things we did. I've got toilet rolls stacked on top of the A-frame outside of my um, gallery and we actually made like a, we, we mocked it up for the photograph, but like a, a join the dots or, you know, snakes and ladders and follow the, to- the, the line of toilet rolls into the gallery oh, in, order to, in order to <laughs> get your prize. I, just mean, I mean, the silly things we've done, but uh, I, well, there's I also, of course... The obligatory photos of the um, of the Zoom, you know, the screen, yeah, the Zoom screen with all of those rectangular <laughs> squares on it with everybody who's on the Zoom call. I what were you going to say? No, I was going to say I think the most I, I've got a photo. It's actually a really crap photo on my phone because it's my old phone. Um, but again, this kind it's of not your brand to, new Apple iPhone twelve. No, it was like a it was like a, an old phone that um, wasn't very good. But again, it comes down to image quality, not as important as the story. Um, during the first lockdown when we were all like, it was really sort of panicky situation for everyone. We went for a short walk around the, the corner and there was a florist there who obviously, because the lockdown came in very quickly. Like it was a, you can no longer go to your place of work, you know. It's hard to yeah. even think back to that. But, you know, it was a very, I remember as soon as the news came out, um, you know, I jumped online and I started putting Zoom Zoom classes together before I even thought about how they were going to run or anything like that, just to sort of go like, well, crap, what do we do? But walked around the corner and there's a florist around the corner who literally just didn't open the doors the next day. So Oosh. the entire in- florist was filled with plants and flowers that had all dried out. And so oh. it, was, it was literally an abandoned florist. Like it was, it, it just wow. looked like it looked like something you'd seen in Chernobyl. Like all the flowers and everything had dried out, but they were all still on the walls. And it was just weird. Like, weird. wow. Um, and that was kind of to me. Yeah. That's something I'm going to look back at and go. You know, f- as quickly as a lot of these memories are going to fade of, um, you know, the craziness, and I think they will because already I'm getting amnesia about the, the start of this whole ordeal. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing. But no, it is. It is. But as, as fast as all that fades, there is just definitely going to just be part of, of me that's I'm going to look back at sort of those odd photos here and there and go, oh, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, you know, there's little really documentaries. Yeah. Or yeah. like the signs on the, on the, on the freeways that say, like, um, you know, stay home, get tested, like just, you know, just pumping this message out and you go, yeah. how odd, there's not a road, not a car in sight and there's these massive signs and billboards everywhere. That's it, that's it. All that stuff that, again, you know, you probably uh, pass over when it's all happening but at the end of the day it's good to have a visual record of that because we will look back in in years to come and go, God, did that really happen? That was That's amazing, you know. So, um, 
That's, is that, was that Murray in just calling you again? Again, again. Yeah, I've told just, her not to call while we're doing this podcast. But so annoying. She's persistent. She's persistent. I told you we're close. We're tight. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a weird, weird year. And uh, let's hope that it's not repeated in 2021. No. Like, That'd be good um, if that didn't happen. You know, there's lots of lessons to be learned. We've touched on a few of them today. Share yours in our Facebook group at uh, Matt and Tom's Excellent podcast there and matt sadly like that's just time has gone so quickly oh, it's just I mean, like this year isn't it i mean i could listen to my voice for hours but instead yes just like this year it's um it's gone in a flash but as you've just as you noted already that we are back next week so never fear matt and tom are here next week for yet another episode of uh matt and tom's excellent podcast which would be episode number 22 not that that matters to anybody else but for 22 weeks, we've been rabbiting on, Matt. So wow. I think that's a little bit of a milestone in itself. Uh, might and, pour myself uh, a drink. <laughs> in fact, we need to, as you guys did with the BFOP after party, we need to catch up and do one of these from <sighs> the pub at some stage. How oh, much fun would that be? I can definitely make my way down to Mornington for that. Oh, please do. Please do. That would be fun indeed. All right, we'll take that offline. I'll get my people to speak to your people and we'll we'll tee that up shortly. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you again soon. Take care. Get all your Christmas shopping done. Matt and I, we're, we're very easy to shop for. Just a slab of beer or a nice bottle of Grange will do. And uh, we will catch you next week. See you later, guys. See ya. See ya.